Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here. And it's that doldrum period right before the season, right before training camp. So, of course, the rumor mill is churning about players right now. And Giannis Antetokounmpo can't keep himself out of the news. He has made his latest comments saying that yeah, maybe at some point he might want out of Milwaukee. So we're going to talk about that today. Talk about how likely it is that he could potentially end up on the Knicks, whether the Bucks are actually still contenders or not, and if that could portend uh, Giannis eventually leaving, and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes! Tucks left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. He's cut. And he's Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. We even called the hospital near Gavin's house to run the ambulance siren right for that. It's a great ad placement. We did Jace great. Medical, man. They got a lot of Jace pull. Medical. They, got a lot they of really pull. got a lot of pull. Um, hopefully whoever it is is okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> we want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. If you haven't already, make sure you hit the auto-download function on your favorite podcast app or the notification bell on YouTube so you never miss an episode and you can become an everydayer. If you want to take your relationship with the two hosts of Locked On Knicks one step further, you can text us right from your phone by joining subtext. And we'll send out updates and you can just talk with us, whatever it is you want to do. So check out the link in the episode description to join us on subtext, which is all right from your phone, right from your text messaging app. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at strict.land. And he is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster, favorite play-by-play broadcaster, and Giannis Antetokounmpo is the discussion of our show today. So, Gavin, I'm going to read a little verbatim here and just throw this quote over to you for your reaction. Uh, so, Giannis was on, like, a podcast or something the other day uh, and said, as long as we play and we approach the game every single day the right way and we all sacrifice for a common goal, I can see myself being with the Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of my career. But the moment I feel like people are not committed as I am to get that golden thing in the back, I assume he was pointing to a trophy or something. I am a Milwaukee Buck, but most most importantly, I am a winner. I want to win. I have to do whatever it takes for me to win. And if there is a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I have to take that better situation. This is like the fourth time he said this in the last like three months. So uh, it, miraculously, it's one of the first times we're talking about it, Gavin. So your reaction to Giannis once again stating if Milwaukee starts not winning, he wants out of there. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he he sees the writing on the wall a little bit, right? Like let's let's just take an objective look at the Buck situation right now. Chris Middleton only played 33 games last year with a knee issue that didn't seem to go away. Uh, by the time the playoffs started, he looked dramatically better offensively, did not look very good defensively. Uh 
Drew Holiday is, is still an incredible talent. Was was a deserving candidate for an All NBA team a year ago. One of the best point guards in the league. Still an elite defender, but the last time we saw him, Alex, he was getting his butt torched by Jimmy Butler. Um, by the time that Giannis's contract is up, Drew is going to be heading into year seventeen. He's going to be thirty-five years old. Chris Middleton will be thirty-four years old when Giannis's contract is up. We've said it before. We could continue to say it. Milwaukee not an attractive free agent destination and Giannis there have been small but perceptible slips in his game the last two years and for someone who I don't want to say doesn't have a bag because he's worked incredibly hard on his game obviously his jumper has gotten a lot better his his little turnaround jumper in, in the mid post has gotten to be a real weapon for him um, his footwork it has always been pretty incredible and has just gotten better and better and better the guy is a worker I think he's always going to evolve but I think there's some recognition of his basketball mortality and, and it being maybe he's at a little bit more risk of a steeper decline than guys like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, whose games are so skill-based. And in turn, he knows if he's going to be a title contender um, or if he's going to be on a team that's on a title contender, he's going to need a lot of help and he's going to need a legitimate second all-NBA first or second team type guy to keep winning championships into his 30s. And right now, I think it's as simple as this. Like, I don't really think it's about the market. I don't think it's anything against Milwaukee as a city. I just don't think they have the guys around him that that's going to happen. He sees that, and he's kind of making Milwaukee aware, hey, if it's not this year, it needs to be next summer. Like, a move has to be made here. Yeah, and I think if I think if anyone in Milwaukee would ever take exception to that, it, there would have just got to be a reality check there of like, well, the guy won you a championship. I mean, that's sort of like all you can ever ask from any star player, and the fact is they did surround him with a good enough roster to win said championship. But unfortunately, especially with these new CBA rules, like the decisions that they've made since winning that title are going to make it very difficult for them to get back there because now you've got, you've got Middleton who's making so much money uh, and not playing a ton of games. And he's clearly having a bit of a decline. Like he, he did not play as well last year in the like 30 some odd games that he played. Uh, you have drew holiday. Who's, you know, definitely on the, the, tail end of his career uh, and only I mean you, you got to wonder at this point how many like truly good years he has left because um, a lot of his game is predicated on like top-notch defense uh, which is obviously something that comes with lateral quickness which is something that departs you the older you get um, you know and, and certain things will never go away from his game but like he also they sort of like Middleton has a game that if he weren't injury prone could age well but like Drew kind of maybe a little less so um, you know, because a lot of his game was being fast, getting the hoop, stuff like that. And he's developed a better shot and all that stuff. But, you know, it's it's still, you know, the, as you said, the mortality is there. Um, and Giannis even himself is starting to, you know, I feel like he's he's dealing a little more with with like Nixon cuts throughout the season, like just, you know, various little injuries and stuff. And he's not quite the like superhuman that he was a few years back when he went back to back MVPs. Um, and so much of his game is predicated on overpowering, getting inside, dunking on guys, you know, using his strength to get over people, whatever. He still hasn't to this day developed much of a three-point shot. Uh, free throws are still kind of an issue for him. Like it's, you know, he, he's going to have to, he's still phenomenally talented, but there is real questions about if injuries start catching up to him more or uh, he just loses a step, it, just how effective he's going to be and how long his NBA career is going to be from that point on unless he has like a Vince Carter type late career renaissance where he just completely learns how to shoot a three and can kind of age a little more gracefully. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think 
I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all develops because because of those new CBA rules, it's going to be really, really, really hard for this team to find ways to get better when you've got like, I mean, before you even bat an eyelash next year, if if you'd spend no more money and you're the Bucks and Drew Holiday picks up his $40 million player option, you're at $170 million with only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players on your roster. I mean, that that's not really great. Like they're not going to have any flexibility. They're going to be in the luxury tax and it's going to start getting real prohibitive for them real fast. So if things don't work out like this year and probably next year, uh, this could be a real discussion, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's just, you just look at the roster. There's no one in the pipeline, right? There's not like that one guy who like the Knicks can say, all right, maybe Emmanuel quickly makes a leap. Maybe RJ Barrett makes a leap. Maybe Quentin Grimes makes a leap. There isn't that equivalent person on Milwaukee, right? I mean, to, what you were just saying to what I was just saying, Giannis is, I, I actually, I thought he was older. He's 28 years old. He's going to turn 29 in December. Like he's not, he's not making a massive leap at this point. Like, like the guy who I referenced, Steph probably peaked at, well, you could say he peaked during that second MVP season when I think he was about 28 or so, but then he could have peaked again last year at 34. I, I don't see Giannis having a second peak at 34. Maybe I'm wrong because he is that type of worker, but it just, it feels like a long shot. And there's not even a guarantee Drew Holiday could opt out and say, hey, I want a three-year, $40 million per year contract, or I'm leaving because there's another team that might be able to get that to me. Brooke Lopez is going into his late 30s. And if you're relying on a Marjan Beauchamp to be that guy, like that, that is just that is a steep, steep bet if you're Milwaukee. Now, they do have some flexibility. They have three first-round picks they can trade. One of them is going to be this year's, which is, unless things go terribly wrong there, is not going to be a very good pick. How much, if, if you attach that to a Chris Middleton, or Brooke Lopez or like whoever the young players are that they have, can that get you something? Can they find a way? Like I, I heard on another podcast, like Brandon Ingram, a name that got thrown out, who would be, I think, a fantastic fit there. But uh, Zach Levine, maybe like what is the level of player you're able to get around Giannis? And, and, and if they don't get that guy um, and he does want to leave, are the Knicks actually the favorite for him? Yeah, I think that's something that we can tackle in our next segment. Start talking about how much can the Knicks really insert themselves in this conversation? Like, would they be the favorites? I feel like there's a decent chance you could say the Knicks are the prohibitive favorites to trade for any top level star that would come up just because of desirability and uh, everything else. But real quick, I do just have to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Jace medical. And I think we've lucked out. I think the hurricane's going to miss uh, New Jersey and, and uh, New York and, and you know, the tri-state area. So no hurricane coming here. Hurricane Lee, I think it is. Uh, looks like it's going to touch in Canada. So hopefully everybody stays safe up there. But, you know, there's uh, natural disasters, unfortunately, thanks to climate change and everything else are happening more and more often. And you might find yourself in a situation where you can't get uh, necessary medicine that you need and you, you'll want to be prepared in that case and have some baseline antibiotics and stuff. So everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency, but you actually have it. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. This is true. You can get not just general use antibiotics, but if you have if you have your, your prescription medications that you need, 
you can get those and have an emergency stash ready to go just in case you're not able to get it for some reason. So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. All right, and we're back in to keep talking about this Giannis situation. And Gavin, uh, the Knicks, of course, are the ones that we're really interested in talking about here as it as it pertains to Giannis. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this at you. How do you think that this would come together for the Knicks? And when? Like, do I So there, there are a few things that I think about with this. And it's one... I think the Knicks are going to make whatever move they're going to make within the next year or so. Like actually now I could say like about a calendar year from now um, because it'll, that'll encompass this next season, that trade deadline plus next like off season. I think by this time next year, they'll have someone of large stature new in a Nick uniform. Uh, Cause it seems like, you know, they know the rent's coming due for that. Like, all these draft picks, they sort of lucked out in a weird way that the that the Dallas pick didn't convey this year because now they have that little bit of extra ammo to continue floating in trades. They have all these protected picks. They have all their own picks going forward. They presumably are about to expand, extend Emmanuel quickly, but then you got to start worrying about like, okay, then next year you have to go through the same stuff with Grimes, Deuce McBride, and Jericho Sims potentially. And, you know, McBride and Sims are not huge, but, you know, as far as future contract but you know grimes presumably could get a, a hefty payday especially if he has a good year this year then you start looking at a situation where it's like all right well now we're reaching the point of possibly being a little strapped by the luxury tax and stuff like that so like you kind of got to make that move sooner than later um so first off do you think that there's any world where Giannis potentially by next offseason is starting to think about making this uh this trade request or do you think do you think at minimum it's probably going to be like up until uh, butting up with like the final year of his contract? I th- I think the most realistic way that plays out because of the relationship that Giannis has with the Bucks, and I I think there's a real self awareness there, and there's a cognizance of I don't want a decision situation. And I grant like that that was sort of the perfect storm, right? I I don't think there's ever a world where Giannis would be reviled in Milwaukee. I think even if he goes, he's always going to be considered a hero, but I think he's going to be careful about how he does it. And I think the the best analogy is going to be what Donovan Mitchell did in Utah, where you see a scenario where a year out Giannis says, Hey, I'm going to play out this year. I'm not going to like not show up to training camp. I'm not going to show up for the team, but I'm going to tell you that I'm most likely heading out in a year, unless we win a championship or something amazing happens. And I don't, I'll throw this back at you. I kind of think the most likely scenario there, if that happens, is Milwaukee says, all right, one last ride. And they go all in trying to um, win with their current roster. Uh, obviously, what happens in this year's playoffs is is significant. Like if they go out in the first round again, I think that would change the calculus. But let's just say they make the conference finals. They lose They lose to Boston. They, or they lose to Damian Lillard, led Miami. Or God forbid, they lose to the New York Knicks in the conference finals. Um, I, 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 think, I think then this is the scenario that would most likely play out. And I think Milwaukee would probably say to that, like, all right, we could get like a bunch of young players and picks, but you know what? We're going to suck anyways. If Giannis goes and we'll get our picks, then let's, let's take advantage of this generational talent that we'll never have in Milwaukee again and try and win the championship this last year. And then if he leaves, he leaves. Um, But how do you think that would play out? 
Yeah, I kind of think so. I think it would take for him to ask out by next offseason, there would have to be basically the same thing that happened this year would have to play out again. Like they'd have to be like a top three seed and get bounced in the first round again. Yeah. Or or like make it to the second round and get embarrassed, you know, like get like gentlemen swept in the second round or something like that. Um, it would have to it would have to just be like a resounding like like think, you know, not to you just mentioned the decision. I don't think Giannis would ever do something like that, but like it would have to be the same sort of energy as like when LeBron left the court after Cleveland lost, you know what I mean? And that those playoffs where you just sort of like watched him leaving the court and you were like, I think that's it. <laughs> like, I think he's gone from Cleveland, you know? And I, I, I think that would be what it would take for it to only happen within a year. Um, I do think it's, I think it's interesting to think about too, from a Knicks perspective, you know, if this were to happen within the next year, or even within the next two, I'm curious what their motivations are going to be as far as how to build the team and and how to make this trade happen. Because I struggle a bit to think of a world where you keep Julius Randle. He's sort of the biggest X factor here. And I, I wonder if the only way that you could make that work is if you finally give into the experiment that a lot of people have wanted for years and one that would maybe be helpful with Giannis getting older and perhaps a little less mobile and trot him out there as your nominal center. Uh, but I also wonder if as, as his athleticism, you know, the, the, I, I shouldn't say all athleticism because he's always going to be a, a great athlete. And I'm sure that he'll much like LeBron and other guys still be able to like really go into his thirties, but like as the otherworldly alien levels of, of athleticism leaves him, I wonder if, even that option will kind of come off the table because he won't be able to defend the rim quite as well. But he also is just so long that like we see guys like Brooke Lopez on his very own team that still managed to protect the rim at a super elite level, despite, you know, not having as much athleticism because it's all just about like timing and length and everything else. So I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm really curious if the Knicks would eventually end up in this discussion what their vision for what the team would look like would be and how they could possibly pull it off if they if it they did come to the conclusion of like, well, we have to move Randall to get Giannis. I guess it by default would have to turn into a three-team trade or something. Like I feel like this would just be a very interesting target for the Knicks to potentially go after at some point. Yeah. And in a world where where that isn't a trade and Giannis just says, Hey, I want to come to New York, which is is not what happens in the modern NBA right now, right? Like free stars, like capital S stars moving in free agency. That is an extreme, extreme rarity. Like we saw this summer, the Houston Rockets had $80 million and that turned into Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. That didn't turn into one Giannis. So I, it would be a unique situation and the Knicks would probably like that deadline. If, if the rumors were Giannis is going to be gone, um, and, and he likes New York a lot, like they would have to make a proactive move and say, all right, we're going to trade Emmanuel quickly for a couple of picks. We're going to trade RJ Barrett for a couple of picks. And if you're the Knicks, there's a world where it's almost riskier if you're trying to sign Giannis straight up versus trading for him because you have to make this calculation of clear. And you don't obviously don't necessarily have to do it ahead of time. They could do it that summer. But because of the timing of contracts and, and, and deals and like how that would play out over the course of an offseason, the Knicks might have to proactively trade someone that they otherwise wouldn't trade. So I'm 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 curious to see how that plays out. And Alex, we could we could maybe get to it in, in just a sec, but I'm wondering who the other contenders are and, and just how high up we'd have the Knicks if we're assuming that market is 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 it is a factor for Giannis and that he could make 
so much more money either here or in LA than anywhere else, but maybe not the ultimate factor. And maybe winning really is unlike when stars usually say that. And it's not like, I think winning might actually be the number one factor for him. Yeah. I mean, he spent as much of his career in Milwaukee as he has, and has a signature sneaker and a million different endorsement deals and everything else. So I don't think he's ever really going to be like in need of that sort of thing. Uh, it, just because of the global nature of the game and, you know, social media and everything else. And yet, Maybe it would be the swing factor for him. But we can talk about that in the next segment, Gavin. Perhaps sometime in the future, there will be odds on how to, uh, uh, if Giannis will end up a, a Nick or whatever. Uh, but in the meantime, I think there's some same game parlays and some football and stuff. Do you want to tell everybody about FanDuel? I was going to say, Alex, everyone has to get ready for the NFL season. And they can do so with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out yet, Alex. It's amazing. You get to pick your games. It's so cool. It's revolutionized how I watch football. And now is the best time to join FanDuel because the app is super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads, the player props, and more. I'm looking at some spreads this week. I'm looking at the two New York teams. Call it. A little bit of homerism here, but the Giants only four and a half point favorites over the Arizona Cardinals. I think that is an overreaction to week one. I think the Giants win that game by at least a touchdown. The Jets, nine and a half point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys. This is the second time this week. I'm, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. I'm talking positively about the Jets, but I think that line's too high. Um, I think the Jets have a crazy amount of talent. I'm not impressed with Dallas's offense. I think that is a really low scoring game. But Dallas probably wins, but probably more by like six to seven points instead of nine. So if you agree with me, or if you don't, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Alex, I figured we could take a second here and, and go over the other teams competing with New York. So the, the nightmare scenario in my mind, and I think in the mind of NBA GMs everywhere, that, that's kind of been talked about on and off. Like, I, I think last three, four years now, um, is Giannis going to the Dallas Mavericks? Because, like, if, if you were to just pick a star to team him with, on paper, Luca is about as close to a perfect guy as you can have. And in terms of how those guys complement each other, Giannis's ability to cover up for Luka defensively, Luka's ability to shoot from 40 feet out, plus being a transcendent passer, plus the, a pick and roll involving two guys who are over 240 pounds and also two of the more skilled players. Well, certainly Luka, Giannis with his athleticism, like, but two of the more scary players, even not considering their height, in the NBA. I think that would be terrifying for everyone. Oklahoma City, again, sounds weird because they typically do not get free agents. The closest thing is Paul George being okay being dealt there, but they can obviously give Milwaukee a bundle of assets and still probably be left with Shea, uh, Gilgis Alexander, Jalen Williams, Chet Holgren, and Giannis. That's a team that looks like they can win multiple titles in a row. And while the Knicks are up there, and you look, you just put Giannis on pretty much the current version of the Knicks, and they don't have to do a whole lot, and you have a lineup of, I don't know, Brunson quickly grimes Giannis Mitch or Giannis Randall like obviously that's a heavy title favorite but there's almost more favorable situations for me I mean even even Miami you can talk yourself into with him so he he, he kind of gets to pick his situation and obviously they have to clear room to some extent or another but it feels like wherever he goes will kind of automatically become the favorite and be better positioned most likely than Milwaukee currently is to win yeah I think that I mean I think there's going to be a lot of teams that could make the the winning case on paper. Uh, I don't know that there would be so many teams that can 
make the asset case that the Knicks can. I do think that OKC that you mentioned, given Giannis's like okayness with being in a small market, and I, I agree with you. I do think that a lot of people pay lip service to "I just want to win," but I think that Giannis legitimately does just want to win, and like obviously he's not going to take any less than what he's worth, like as far as contracts and stuff are concerned, which is why he has gotten a max contract every time he's been allowed and been, you know, it's been well worth it to, for Milwaukee to do that every single time. And they got a championship out of it and everything else. But like, I think he's been to the top of the mountain and like, now he's kind of just like, I don't care if I do it in, you know, like if I play for an expansion team in Alaska and win a championship, like I just want to win another championship. And, you know, it, it, I'm sure that he has ideas much like many players do about potentially, you know, things to do after playing. Like obviously LeBron, one of the big decisions or big parts of his decision and going to the Lakers was like, I mean, he won a championship there too, but uh, you know, part of that was the idea of he's getting into movie production and stuff like that. And he wanted to be in an environment where he could do that and, you know, put his kids through school where they wanted to go and all that other stuff. You know, it's like all these factors play in. Giannis, I think you could reasonably be like, hey, you can go to, you know, what, is it okay if we trade you to, you know, you don't have a no trade clause, but we still want to do right by you. Like, if we traded you to the Thunder, would that be cool? Like, you get to play with SGA and they have Chet Holmgren and, you know, like Lou Dort or whoever ends up still there. Jalen Williams really yeah, Jalen Williams, you know, like this really talented core, like, it will probably work out really good for you. I would imagine they probably trade like Giddy or something in the deal because Giannis yeah. would just kind of slot into what Giddy does, but like way better. Giddy, um, quote unquote, power forward, Josh Giddy. Quote unquote, power forward, Josh Giddy, as we learned the other day from the Athletics <laughs> stupid positional rankings. Yeah. Uh, or not not from there. They called him a shooting guard, whatever. Anyway, yeah. Um, either way, yeah, I just think, I, I think that maybe he would okay something like that. But I could also see a world where, Giannis maybe does factor market into his decision a little bit and says, Hey, you know what? If you guys can get roughly the same thing from the thunder or the Knicks, like I would love to go play in New York. I'd love to go play in Madison square garden. I mean, he's, he's a reserved guy, but he also is kind of a ham. Like he loves, I think he loves the attention that he gets as one of the best players in the NBA and loves having fun with the media and stuff like that. I mean, if you think that like Mitchell Robinson is you, fun, you would, I was going to say you'd have to bring Berman out of retirement. Yeah, right. <laughs> bring Berman out of retirement and have a presser with Mitch and Giannis versus Berman. It would just be like a plus television. Um, so, you know, I, I, there is a world where I could see him listing the Knicks as like his preferred destination. Uh, I just don't know for sure if he would go that far or if he would also, I get the feeling that he would also be one of those guys that kind of wants to do right by the team trading him as well. Yeah, and be like, go get the best deal, but I do want to go somewhere where I can win. So please don't trade me to like, yeah, Houston or something. The, you know the what thing I mean? is, though, I mean, and, and maybe this is one of those under the table scenarios where a team says, "All right, we'll give this up," but you have to agree to a contract extension. There's a world where he could get traded to an OKC, like lose in the conference finals or finals there, and then bounce to New York right after. Again, I, I don't think a team deals for him without having it on pretty solid ground that he's going to resign there. But that's that's an option. Can I? I'll throw, this is this is a little crazy, but let me let me throw this at you. Is there a world if they don't win a championship this year, would Phoenix trade Devin Booker for him? Oh man, that would be such a weird. Yeah, I mean, team, Booker right? Booker is the face of the franchise, but yeah. and you have 
it would be funny if it well not funny because I, I love the Suns, but but if it didn't work because Durant would just got too old. But but you could slot Beal into his natural spot as a shooting guard, and then you have Katie, Giannis, Beal, Aiton, which That'd is a so weird cool. team. But it, yeah. there's enough. I mean, I think that works though. I think that's a chance. That's a championship team though. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I do kind of think. I think that Booker has sort of earned that like you're here until you decide you want out status. Oh yeah. In, but is there, Phoenix. is there a, um, this is the second best player on planet earth exception. Because I agree with yeah. that. I think Booker is, has a, this is crazy because obviously Charles Barkley, Steve Nash, like there, there's a world where Booker retires as the all time greatest Phoenix son. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a long shot, but I don't know. I, I just thought that was, it. I, I guess, I guess my point is saying like all, all these teams wait for this guy. Right. And like there, it's not just going to be the teams you expect. It's not just going to be the teams that like the Suns on paper don't have assets unless all of a sudden one of their big three becomes an asset. Like if Giannis is in any way available, like the Spurs are, I don't think they do this, but they're going to have a conversation. Hey, do we trade Wembenyama for him? They're, I think they ultimately going to say, no, he's, he's 10 years younger, but you have that talk. The Pistons are going to say, Hey, do we trade? And not that he's not that he's good enough for this yet, but like Kate Cunningham and like mm -hmm. one other thing for him, like, like every single Paolo Bancaro could be on the table. Like every team has to have that conversation. And that's where it gets tricky for the Knicks unless Giannis really puts his foot down. And let me know, let me know if you agree with this. I think the swing factor in terms of Giannis putting his foot down is Jalen Brunson jumping up another level this year. Like I like we're, we're gonna talk about this preseason, but I, I think I'm considering one of my bold predictions on our annual crossover being like, hey, Jalen Brunson might finish fifth in MVP voting this year. I think it might take that for Giannis to say that is the guy. I want to go play with for everything he did in the playoffs last year. He's going to have to replicate that and more for, I think Giannis to look around the entire NBA and say, Hey, New York is the place I'm going to go win. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. And, you know, I think the other thing that would play into that decision too, is Giannis would look at the Knicks, look at the Knicks supporting cast just as much. So like, they're going to need to have a good showing this year as well. I think where it would be like Giannis would reasonably be able to look at them and say, they can make a trade for me and give up fair value. So like, I don't feel like I'm really killing Milwaukee on my way out and yet still have more than enough depth that we're going to be able to go like eight deep on like really good NBA players and, you know, have a really deep bench and everything else. And, you know, enough flexibility to still kind of fill the rest of the roster out, um, you know, and, and not be attacked like a, an apron team uh, right away, you know, as far as, as far as, uh, you know, like salary tax, uh, salary cap tax implications and that sort of thing that are, again, getting way more prohibitive. Like, I think that stars that are starting to look for trades in these next couple of years are going to start taking that seriously and like or at least like get that scouting report from their agent about, you know, these teams are the ones that could still afford once they bring you on to build an actual team around you. Because uh, that's going to be important to these guys. Because there's been so many failed experiments in recent years of star-studded teams that just don't have enough depth and don't work out as a result. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think I could I could definitely see a world where Giannis ends up just straight up saying, like, I think New York is the place because Brunson is that good and they have enough depth to bring me on and still put me on in a contender. Like, that's that's the secret sauce right there, and I want to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. And look, we, we still... We still have a long runway. We're gonna. Uh, we've been trying to make it happen. Just just a couple of misconnections. We're gonna have tr try to have someone from Locked On Bucks on the pod to give us the Milwaukee perspective on all this and uh, plenty more 
great content coming to you uh, this week and next. But until then, he's Alex. I'm Gavin. We will talk to you very, very soon on Locked on Knicks.